Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Real Life once again. Man, I hope you guys came ready to receive something from God, don't you think? Man, I'm telling you, it's going to be a good day in the house, and uh, man, we're excited for what God's going to do. And if you're new with us, maybe it's your first time, and you're an honored guest. Thanks for being here. Maybe you went to Mother's Day last week, Diane tore it up, and you're, you're back again, and you've got to deal with me, so it's going to be good. But uh, man, I'm excited you're in the house, and it's our privilege to serve you and love on you, and I know God's got something special this morning. So uh, give it up for those people who are new this morning. Come on. Give it up for those people who are new. Man. So, a couple things. Uh, I'm just telling you, we're, we're on a journey somewhere. I believe God has planted us in this city on a purpose, and uh, to see people far from Him discover life and purpose in Jesus. I'm going to tell you something. We've had so many people come to Christ, so many people be changed, and this last uh, little series of playlists has been amazing. And so, I'm just telling you, we're on a journey, and God is doing some incredible stuff. And I want to thank you guys for bringing people out. God is just working in them. And I know uh, the first time guest experience, you know, sometimes you bring somebody to church, like, man, I hope don't go crazy. And uh, this last week, I saw a post uh, from Vicky. I don't know if Vicky's in the house. Maybe she'd come the second. Uh, but she posted her daughter came to church last week, the first time I've been to real life, and she told her mom, she said, hey, you don't have just friends there, you have a family at real life, and I was so touched by that, your first time experience realizing, man, there's people here who really, really care for you, and so that's just encouraging. I want to give a plug for next week, we're starting a brand new series, and uh, it's called Bad Advice, and so uh, I don't know if you need some bad advice, um, I've got a lot of bad advice to give, um, because I've, I've lived bad advice, right? And so we're going to do an awesome series, and uh, I'm just encouraged by it, we're going to spin it a really good way, it's not going to be negative, although it is bad advice, uh, so we're going to talk about how to drift from God next week, and we got some fun topics, uh, how to commit adultery, all right, cool, um, how to be an addict, all right, cool, so I'm basically preaching nobody today, so it's cool, but just come out next month, it's going to be awesome, you know, bad advice is going to be given, uh, but something's gonna, something special is going to start this next Sunday, uh, Memorial Day is coming up, and for some, we like to do something very special called Summer Vibes, and Summer Vibes, we try to do something extra to make it feel more like family, so after every gathering, every Sunday during the summer, we do something special for you guys, and so we're starting next Sunday, you're going to love it, ice cream floats, come on somebody. In Jesus' name, ice cream floats. We need some more ice cream floats, right? This bad advice, right? Now I'm just giving bad advice. We're starting out. But Playlist has been an awesome series. We started on Easter, which feels like forever ago. It's only been four weeks ago, uh, but it feels like forever ago. And we launched in with a song by Lady Gaga, A Million Reasons. And I still can't believe we sang Lady Gaga song at church. Um, you were that church, I guess. We did that. And uh, man, but the theme of that whole thing about quitting on life, that God gives you one good reason to stay. His name is Jesus. We have a million reasons to quit, but one good reason to stay. And so maybe you're in a season where you feel like quitting, but God's going to give you a reason to stay today. And man, his name is Jesus. So I'm excited about that. And we dove into a little song that dealt with your, your image and your identity. It was a song called Scars to Beautiful, about who we are on the inside. How do we see ourselves? And we left leaving, and this is something we're going to talk about a little bit today as well, but that you are God's masterpiece. Come on, somebody. You're God's masterpiece. You got, just got to tell your neighbor, you're God's masterpiece. We're not going to go over this. Tell your neighbor right now, you're God's masterpiece. Look at them. If you don't look at them, they're not going to feel like God's masterpiece. Come on now. You've got to look at somebody. Look at the other person. Don't, don't leave somebody out. 
You are God's masterpiece. It's so important to realize who you are in Christ. And man, two weeks ago, Barry tore it up. He preached on a message from Coldplay, something just like this, that God takes ordinary people like us and does extraordinary things, that we're all heroes in the eyes of God. And not just heroes, but we are superheroes that get to pour into other people's lives and be a hero maker for somebody. We get to build somebody up. We get to see God's potential in somebody, that we're not going to tear him down and be a fault finder. We're going to find the best in people. We're going to believe him and care for him. And so, man, Barry, nice word a couple weeks ago, tore it up. Give it up for Barry and his bald head. He's just doing great stuff. There's bald heads everywhere. I like it. I'm, I'm destined, okay? Uh, but last week, man, Diane, just my wife, she tore it up, a little message by Shake It Out by Florence and the Machine, and that, man, we can have faith in God because we listen to the right voice in our head, not fear. And so I can't think of a better way to end this series by doing something a little different. Uh, we're not going to take a song from the culture and applaud spiritual truth. We're going to take a song that you guys have probably never heard unless you have been in a certain place. Uh, Diane wrote a song called Beautiful, Perfect, New, and uh, she performed it with her dad, and they recorded it, and it plays in the elevator at their office building. So unless you've been there in the elevator and have heard this song randomly, you do not know this song. Uh, but you're going to hear it today uh, towards the end of the message. Uh, but man, I just want to just share with you today that today is all about application. And for us, we want to just share our story, our struggles, and I believe God's going to speak to that um, this morning and just kind of give you some, some of our insecurity battles, uh, some of our scars, and just kind of walk through. I can't think of a better ending of this series. So if you can't give it for Diane, she's going to be interviewed today by me. So give it up. This is going to be a fun one. So I've got you in the hot seat now. How's it feel? Feels hot. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm excited to be here today. I'm always thankful to have somebody in my life who continues to push me to do things that make me feel very uncomfortable. So that's, you know, find someone in your life who always pushes you. Are you talking about me? And then, sorry if you marry them. That's the... <laughs> <laughs> yes, what they say, behind every good man is a woman with her eyes. Exactly. And a surprise mother-in-law, oh. which is true. <laughs> it's very true. Uh, but anyway, so I think like of seasons in our life, like of playlists, uh, you know, every type of season, there is a different playlist you play. Uh, you know, I was in high school, went through breakups and sort of stuff. And in those hard seasons, I found myself listening to like Headstrong and Metallica and nobody does that anymore, I guess. Maybe it, I was like that guy listening like emo music that was like emo country music. I don't know if that's a real thing. Um, you know what I'm talking about? Sitting on the back porch, staring down the road. Anybody do that? No? All right. Don't judge me. Come on. There's one person. Thank you. Two. No, just a half. All right. Your wife left you and your dog left you and yeah. you know, everybody. Yeah. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> your truck broke down. It's basically. Yeah. yeah that's, that's, that's what I do. That's, the, that's where I go in hard times. I'm a little bit like in hard times. I like songs that are just like, let's get away from here. Like that Need to Breathe album with the We Can Run Away song. I'm like, I'm just going to put the windows down and just drive. Like get out of this problem. You're, an, you're like an escape mind. person. Yeah, huh? Silence. Yeah. I'm not going to dive into a problem. I'm run I don't know about you, but on the happy days, like you're like the happy playlist. I go for like the '90s rock. That's that's my that's my mo. Nobody else likes that. There's, <laughs> Very there, there's three. There's four. There's there five. That that's that's where I go. I don't don't. People are judging me right now. I know you're thinking. What Literally, is, like you turn '90s work on, and Sean starts to feel like he has to work on something. Dude, He's for like, real. There's got to be some drywall to be done or something. So this church was built on '90s rock. <laughs> We were renovating our living room the other day, and I'm like, what gets me fired up? So I'm like, I'll pick a Spotify station, and I pick show tunes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like rocking out to Wicked and Les Mis, and there's a bunch of Disney songs on there, and Sean's work speed, like, quadrupled just to have to stop listening to the music. And I'm like, this is working out really well. It's, it's like, funny, I, I think I'm done with these musicals. I'm going to move on. It keeps you in a positive mood. It did. But so. we're, we're in a different season now. Um, you know, every season, if you look back, like, in your, in your life, you'll find, like, a song reminds you of a season, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, this season, for sure, for us, is a season of kids' music. <laughs> and so, I don't know about Blippi. Anybody know about Blippi? Yes. <laughs> 
I'm Blippi's so sorry. got more followers than 90s rock. The guy makes $10,000 a day on YouTube. So there's a future for quirky people like that. Yeah, so. there's, you know, super simple songs. We watched Old McDonald Had a Farm 7,000 times. There's actually, like, on all those YouTube videos, there's, like, 10 billion hits, and it's the same, like, 15 toddlers, like, watching them over and over and over Yeah, again. parents that want to pluck their eyes out, <laughs> yes. you know. So that's the season we're in. And I don't know, like, I think for you, you wrote this song, and you're in a certain season in your life, and I want you to talk about the season you're in because uh, I think it's so powerful that today we're not talking about a song we're pulling something out of the world. Today we're going to tell something to the world. And uh, you define something for your life. Um, you wrote this out of a, a place in your life that uh, I know had something that needed to change. And so there's a reason you wrote this. And so I want to share some of the lyrics and uh, have you kind of answer the question of what season you write this in. But the lyrics say this. says, digits on the scale, wishing they had fell, making me more than a number. Mirror on the wall, not fairest to all, wishing I could change what you show me. Oh, the nights I've spent waiting and wanting for you to make me someone new. In and out the day they pass, make me wonder, will it ever be enough for you? Every day I try to get one step closer, I fall back two steps behind. If all my life I fight and fight to reach perfection while I fail to see between the lines. All my life you've held me here, watching and waiting to see who I am in you, beautiful, perfect, and new. So you wrote the song back in 2011, and maybe just share with the season that we were in and, and where the song came out of. Yeah, so I was kind of reflecting back on my life thinking through this song, because this is almost kind of like a, a diary entry moment, I guess you could say. I didn't really write this song to, like, you know, share with the world and make it big, but I just like to write things down to kind of reflect on what I'm thinking. And looking back, I kind of was like, I built my life kind of through, like, high school and college and this idea of perfectionism. Like, if I can just get good enough grades, if I can look good enough, if I can be the right size, if I can, you know, make everybody else impressed with me, then that's going to be enough and I'm going to feel satisfied. And, you know, for a while, you can really live that charade out pretty effectively if you work hard enough, you know. Yeah, for a time period, I can keep pushing and make that happen. Um, and so I made it through and got married and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden, our world kind of got rocked a little bit. So when just a little bit after I turned 25, we took in two foster kids and not just kids, but two teenage girls. And so all of a sudden, I am faced with, like, two girls living in my house who are kind of relying on me to be that truth and that steadiness and that faithfulness in God and all of a sudden like everything I had been like trying to work towards and like build for myself was kind of rocked because it's like what if it's not good enough you know what if I can't you know help them to follow God what if I can't do all these things and I started just like really being overwhelmed with fear nothing like motherhood to you know bring that out of you and especially instant motherhood like one day you had some kids it was like not the preparation period and so I was looking back and like, I mean, there were just really some moments where I really questioned, like, am I, can I do this? Like, and then it makes you just spiral downward. Like, am I good enough for Sean? Am I good enough to be in ministry? Am I good? You know, and it starts like this negative spiral of questions. And like I shared last week, like I kind of had to come to the realization of like, that's, that's not true, you know, but I was so used to listening to that voice, like just do more, try to be more, be more. And so it was kind of a crazy season looking through that perfection idea. And I was really thinking through like what this idea, beautiful, perfect, new came from. Like God says in Second Corinthians, like when you're in Christ, you're a new creation. And I had spent a lot of my years following Jesus just trying to hang up decorations on an old house, right? Like I'm just trying to make it look good and keep all this stuff up. When God's like, no, I'm tearing the old house down. Like you're new. And that's the voice. I had to start hearing in my head. And so this song is kind of like a, you know, journal entry about that struggle. Yeah, I appreciate sharing that. Because you, you think of our stories, and uh, we come to this season of kind of coming to the end of ourselves. And uh, we, sometimes you don't realize that what God has done in us is he's not just re 
built us, like just added on to us, you know, but he's remade us and made us brand new from the ground up. And so I love your illustration is hanging stuff on the house like, hey, I know I'm saved by grace, but I'm going to keep working for it. And I've really embraced everything God has for me. And I know from my story, like there's been seasons where God's rewrote my heart, given me a new song and, and, and challenged me. And it's always been seasons of struggle. Um, I don't think God teaches things through comfort. And so when you get two foster kids, come on, somebody, it's a little discomfortable. Um, that's not a word. I made that up. Um, <laughs> edit that out, all right? <laughs> but God teaches you new stuff through all the struggle, and it's, it's a test, the test of our character. And so maybe just speaking that a little bit, I know for me, like, I've, I've been through that struggle, and I battle insecurities, and, you know, I've, I've been on all these different fronts, and we're going to talk about a little bit, but feeling less than or not enough. Uh, but maybe somebody's here today, and you're like, hey, I don't know really who I am, or I know even challenging, is, is it worth living, you know? Like, am I, am I, is it, is, I don't know my place. What's my purpose? Maybe you walked in today, and it's uh, a day for you going, this is my last chance, uh, I know people have done that in our church, you know. And so just kind of speak to somebody that's really struggling with who they are on the inside. Why is it so important that we know who we are? Yeah, so I didn't feel beautiful, perfect, new, you know, and I was kind of letting that feeling drive my life, really. And, you know, kind of looking back at all the things, like God gives us each a dream and a mission and kind of a vision for our life. And I was spending so much time thinking about how I wasn't good enough to get to those things, which really is still just me thinking about me all the time. You know, it wasn't like a, oh, pride, like, oh, I'm so awesome. But it was still me, me, me. Like, I'm not good enough to do that. I can't do that. I'm never going to make it to that. And, man, this real, you know, realization hits you like a ton of bricks. Like, I'm prideful. I'm selfish, you know, and you have to kind of think through and work through what does that look like because I was letting those thoughts in that time period in my life rob me of the things I was supposed to do. So all these things I was afraid of, not being a good enough mom, not being a good enough wife, you know, like what is the end game of all those fears? I was letting the fears actually dictate that. And so I didn't have any available mental space, emotional space to actually do the things God was calling me to do. You know, he gave me this dream to be a mom, to be a great wife, to serve in ministry, to lead worship, to all these dreams that God gave me. And I was letting these fears stop that. So I would say like the power in coming to that realization of like, who does God say that I am? And then actually living it. I had a friend in college who would always joke like, you know, God can read your thoughts, but Satan can't. Satan just watches your patterns. He watches you be afraid and that kind of stuff. So she would be in a moment where she was like tempted and she would literally be like, no, Satan. Or like, now there's a song, like not today, Satan, you know, and like actually just say out loud, like, I'm not going to let that thought or this fear or walking into that room, like hold me back from what God's calling me to do. And I thought that was so kind of funny, but powerful too, of just like declaring like I'm God's, like I don't need that thought, I don't need that fear or that negativity. Yeah, I mean I love what the Bible says in Ephesians 2.10, it says we're God's masterpiece, we've talked about that, but we're created anew in Christ, and so we don't have to perform. You know, Jesus did something on the cross for us that we can't do on our own, but oftentimes we're still trying to prove ourselves to somebody. I mean, maybe like our dad or a mom or somebody in our life, we're trying to be somebody to somebody else that we're not called to be. And so often we're living in the fear, like you're talking about, of what everybody else thinks about us. And we're not living what God has for us. And God's created us anew and given us a purpose. And it says in the verse that we can do good things he planned for us long ago. That we're God's masterpiece, that we're his. That we're his. And I love what you said last week. And I thought it was so powerful. You talked about Jesus uh, being tempted in the wilderness. And Satan, like, challenged his identity. And I thought, man, isn't that us today, right? Like, am I a good enough Christian? Like, Jesus, are you, are you really God? Like, can you really do these things? And the temptation is really to do them. Like, Jesus is tempting you to do the work. Or Satan is tempting you to do the work. Satan wants you to prove yourself. I mean, so often it's like, are you really good enough? 
well, I don't know, maybe I'll try to be good enough. And we try to earn grace. We try to, to work it out in our lives. So we, we try to keep up all our good deeds and, and put a good show on. And when you pray, we go to church. But on the inside, man, we're so far from God, we don't look anything different than anybody else because we're not trusting in his strength. And so, but I love what the, the way you said last week about how Satan challenges Jesus' identity. But Jesus, instead of taking the bait, because I don't know about you, I take the bait all the time, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm always in my head. But Jesus, he just really said something simple, and I loved it. He said, hey, my dad says, hey, my dad says, I don't have to defend, I don't have to defend what's going on. I know who I am. Like, my daddy says this about me. This is what the scripture says. And so he didn't try to defend himself. He didn't try to prove himself. And so uh, I, I love that idea of, of pride. We talk about insecurity, like when you're, when you're prideful, it's really just thinking about yourself. You know, there's arrogance on one side and then insecurity on the other. And both of them are still pride. Because the equation is, hey, I'm good enough. That's, that's what we consider arrogance and pride. But then the other side of the coin is I'm not good enough. And if, if we look in the mirror and think we're not good enough, then, it, then it's still pride because we're still thinking about our power and our strength. But it's not our power and our strength. It's Jesus' strength on the cross. Amen. It's not us. It's what Jesus did for us and change us from the inside out. And so um, maybe share a little bit about your struggle. I mean, you talk about singing a little bit and almost quitting on some of the gifts. Like maybe flush this out a bit, what it looks like in your life. Sure. So um, like I had a moment where I let the wrong voice speak into my head at a really young age and kind of a weird emotional moment at a camp, an 11-year-old saying, you suck at singing. And I just believed that for like 10 years, um, which is not good advice plug for next week. Is that bad advice? That's bad advice, yeah. Um, But through that process, even I was thinking like when I first started like trying to like use my gifts again and like stepping out in faith, like man, I was still afraid. Like I remember like singing songs at church like back, you know, 10 years ago and like literally like legs shaking, mouths dry, like I'm not going to be able to do this. If you'd have told me like I'm going to get up and sing in front of people every week, I would have been like, that's a funny joke. Um, But it was like I was still driven by fear even when I was trying to take those steps like it was so powerful to be like you know when I'm in this moment and I'm gonna say okay God like I'm gonna do what you've asked me to do like the fear is still there but the power of having like positive voices speak into that like it's just so much and even through any step of the way could have decided like "Mm, you know what this is kind of hard it's not for me it's too much I'm too vulnerable I don't like it feels uncomfortable but I think about like the dream of that that would have been lost you know it's not like my you know huge life's dream to be some great singer or whatever but it's definitely a part of you know what God's gifted me with and the ability to use my gifts in the church and um the thought of now like not getting to do this like with our awesome team and not getting to worship together with you guys every week like that would have been a huge part of my life that I missed out on because I was too afraid to like take the next step yeah and it plays into like do you see yourself as a good enough mom Mm -hmm. Sure. I mean I know so many people that struggle with am I a good enough son am I a good enough friend am I a good enough uh, spouse you know am am I a good enough employee Uh, we struggle with like our identity and I, I love what you said like somebody somebody shot you down Somebody tore you down, and there's, there's a book start by John Acuff, and uh, he, he wrote a book, he put it out, published it, it's on Amazon, and it has like 6,000 reviews, okay, and out of the 6,000 reviews, there's like six that are negative, do you want to guess which ones he memorized? You know what I'm talking about, right? He memorized the six, right? And so he has this formula, he calls it critics math, he says a thousand compliments plus one critic equals one critic, I mean, that's how we see life so often. And somebody maybe spoke something in passing that we just took so personal. Maybe there's something in our life we're holding the fence to. And we just, we're so critical. And we forget that, hey, you know what? There's all these positive people in our life. I know as a parent, I feel like I told my kids a thousand times. 
<laughs> right? I told you a thousand times. And then one person destroys that, you know? And it's great when you have friends that say the same thing. I would encourage you if you got a kid that's struggling, to invite somebody over to say the same thing you're saying. Because I had those youth pastor all the time. You go to camp and you're like, you've preached Jesus all year and they go to camp. It's like, Jesus. And they literally change lives. Like, man, you just got to get somebody else in the room. And we got to hear the voice of God. And uh, sometimes we just listen to the wrong people. But who are we? Who, who, who are we? And so listen to the voice in, in the, that Jesus has for you. It says in 2 Corinthians 10.5, it says we demolish arguments every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Uh, this is a great part. We take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. You talked about this last week. And I love this idea that we take captive. Like we're, we don't ever get past all the insecure in our life. Like we make a choice to fight against it. Amen. Like, we have to go to war against some of the thoughts in our heads. There's some thoughts in our head that are not from God. There's some stuff in our life that can distract us from God's purpose and vision for our life. And we're going to dive in that a little bit. But I love this idea of taking captive, like going to war and putting that thing in prison. And so talk about that. Like, how important is it to take captive thoughts and how do we do that? Yeah, so, I mean, sharing a little bit on what I just talked about, that idea of, like, actually saying back to Satan, like, no, I'm not going to be, you know, captive to this thought. But, man, I think back, like, in my own struggle, and so I'm like, okay, I, I realize that my thinking is wrong. It's not honoring to God. I'm going to make a decision to change and change my thoughts. And I, you know, wish that that was like, oh, I'm magically, like, more spiritual. But it's not. It's like an everyday decision. So it's like walking into a room of a situation where, like, our foster kids are going through a really hard time or walking into court with them and situations that are super anxiety provoking and like making me just want to shut down and be like, we're not going to be able to do this. We're not going to be good enough. And I remember walking into those moments and literally just being, you have to tell your mind like, no, like it's intentional change to no, stop. God's got this. God's got me where I'm supposed to be. And so that idea of taking it captive is so, it's proactive, you know, it's offensive. You don't accidentally get a captive usually. I mean, sometimes in movies you do, but you're out there and you're looking for something to capture and to take and to give back to God and to not only that, but I think the biggest part that happened for me that makes it so active is that once I had to stop that thought from being there, I had to learn to fill it back up with something from God. You know, there's so many verses about our mind and we renew that. And so it's like, no, stop that fear. God's got you. You're enough in this situation. I've equipped you. I've given you my power and my grace. Don't try to do it on your own. I'm here with you. And that is where the power comes in and taking that thought and getting rid of it. So if you don't know, my wife is gifted with the gift of faith. And um, I mean, all sincerity, like she just is like, hey, we're all in, you know, what are we doing? She's already sold out to it, you know, and uh, our story um, is a little crazy. Um, it probably like maybe most every story. Uh, there's always there's always that like tragic story. Yeah, plot twist, whatever you want to call it. Right. Um, you never know what's going to happen. I feel like it's an episode 24, like every day. Right. And so um, not mold. So it's, I can say that. Um, yeah, it's not that it's, I didn't save the world every day, but um, but I will say that, our, that she doesn't get the faith, and, and our journey has been uh, kind of a difficult journey, you know, and, and so I want to kind of address that a little bit, because I went through a season before we started Real Life where it was a real difficult season. Uh, our ministry was, was crazy, um, you know, serving the church, and things were kind of going sideways, and, and in that, I was struggling, and I know God was uh, speaking to me, but I couldn't, like, really hear his voice that well, because we're in a mess, like, there's so many voices. I know I've talked to a few people like that even this week. Uh, where you're just trying to struggle on like, what's next, what to do, and uh, maybe speaking to like um, how out of the, the one of the worst seasons I've been through and that you've been through, uh, how God gave us a vision and defined a vision really for this church. And so maybe kind of speaking to that. 
Yeah, so, um, and we always joke with, like, pastors and stuff that the wife always figures it out first. <laughs> it always takes the husband a little bit longer. It's funny. Wives are smarter. Yeah, but, um, so it's bad. funny, so through this There's season. There's no amens. No, none. That didn't get anything, no, but, um. Through this season, it was actually, it was a really difficult time because I kind of on the sidelines am watching him go through this really hard time that kind of is challenging, you know, his identity. Who are you? Are you good enough to lead people? Are you good enough to be in ministry? And that's what a lot of it kind of felt like and came down to, which as a spouse, you know, kind of makes you like, well, this is stupid. You know, it was easy for me to be in the backside like, well, that's dumb, you know. <laughs> he has to actually go and talk to real humans' faces, so it's a little bit different. Um, but that season really had the potential, I think, to just be like, you know what, this is too much. Like, it's too hard. I don't know if you've really called us to this God. Like, maybe this is just how it ends. You know, we serve for this amount of time and then we're done at a church, you know, and kind of seeing like a whole kind of church fall down around you and people who were kind of over you and there alongside you side by side starting to turn into some of those negative voices in your head. You can't do this. You'll never be able to. I can't believe, you know, and all this accusatory stuff lying around. And through that season, we kind of had to stop and take a step back. And, you know, I know that Sean had several people in his life ask the question, like, do, you know, have you given up on God? And the answer was always, like, kind of a resounding no. Like, I don't blame God for the stuff that we're going through. Like, I don't think this is what he wants for us, you know, or for the situation. And it was really kind of... Um, it was just kind of a powerful time to take a step back and look and say, you know, what does God want then? You know, if he doesn't want a church where people are upset with each other and doing all these things. And we really kind of got a renewed vision and passion for what a life-giving church could be like. And we kind of put ourselves out there to find some other churches and other spiritual mentors and leaders and organizations like the Ark and people just to kind of pour in and say, what can it be like? And the vision and dream for this place really was birthed out of that. Um, that season of just searching and seeing because it's like, you know, what does it mean to be life giving is such an important question. How do you portray that? How do you give a feeling at a church um, in light of who God is? And there was just so much power in that idea and discovering that when we could have quit and it could have been easy to quit to say, but no, I think about the faces of people in our community. I think about our friends. I think about people we didn't even know yet who have been reached and impacted. And man, that just kind of gave a fire in me. Like there's a reason to do this. It's worth it. Like there's 60,000 people in our area that don't go to church. Like we have to do something like God hasn't given up on any of this. So I don't know if you want to share some of your perspective of the story. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you a perspective on it. I think you've got to get the song in. <laughs> I'll get you over there. So you can hunt over. But um, you know, I'll talk about, you know, when, when you're called to something, it's not in the season you're in. Uh, God's always calling something to the future. And I think of David, uh, he was out tending the sheep and it was, he was anointed as king 14 years before he became king. And most of you are probably in a season right now, you don't feel like this is the season you should be in. You're probably in a season of like, well, if this was different than this, but God's called you to something that's in the future. And you got to know your calling, you know, and I think David being anointed, but still served for 14 years, an honor and integrity before he was in that position shows a lot about what God was doing in his life. You know, and David, uh, you know, I don't know if you know the story all, but um, he was out tending the sheep and his dad brought in his other seven brothers to be anointed king. And, and, and the prophet said, uh, do you got somebody else? And he's like, oh yeah, my other kid, I forgot about that guy. I forgot I had David. Yeah, come on in, David. And he was anointed king. You know, oftentimes in your life, you're going to feel like you're looked over. Um, there's going to be people that maybe speak something in your life that's not positive. And I would encourage you to, to know who you are because, see, David, he was prepared in that season. Like, you're prepared in the struggle. Like, it's only a test. Like, what you're going through that's difficult is just a test of your character. See, David learned how to kill a lion and a bear 
while he was in Tent of the Sheep, right? But then he had to go out and kill Goliath. Where did he learn that at? He learned that while he's being prepared in that season. So I would encourage you, like, if you're struggling with insecurity and who you are, just ask yourself, what's God teaching you? God's preparing you for something great. I believe God has a dream in your life. And that's this whole, our whole church is built on that, 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 that we're going to partner with a God's dream for you. Like, where's God taking you? And you know what? You're not where you should be. I get it. But you're not where you could be because Jesus saved you and gave you his grace and he's calling something, some, something amazing. And we got to embrace the grace of God in our life this morning. So I want you to listen to the song that Diane's going to sing, uh, Beautiful, Perfect, New. And just as the words over it for our lives, do we believe this about ourselves? Do we believe that we're God's masterpiece? Do we believe that we're beautiful, perfect, and new? So check it out.
it, babe. Man, I love that God gave her a song, amen? I mean, just to change who you're on the inside and express that. And, uh, man, I was going to wrap it up with this question, but, um, you know, God's given us all a dream. And I don't know if you come to a point in your life where you say, it's just not about me. And uh, there's, a, there's a verse in Psalms that talks about God's pulled us out of the miry clay, and he set our feet on the rock, and he did this very special thing. He put a new song in our heart, and he changes the song that we sing. And I think for some of us, we've been singing the wrong verse for a long time. But God changed that. So maybe just speak into that. How, how did you change the song in your life? Like, what's the stuff we're stuck in? But how do we change the song in our life? Yeah, so we're stuck in a lot of things, right? We're stuck in fear, but sometimes we're stuck in pride or, you know, I mean, just even a circumstance we're in that we don't control. Anything can hold you back. And I like that miry clay. Like, have you ever been stuck in the mud? Like, you really just can't move. Even when you're trying to move, you almost, the more you try, the worse it gets. And... Um, I forgot the second half of the question. Oh, how do you how do you put the song in your life? Like, how do you get that? You put that song in your life, man. Like, I mean, as a music person, like God's word is so full of songs. I mean, you have an entire book of Psalms. That's what they are. Like God gave us a song, and he even has a verse that says, "I'll put a new song in your heart." And you have to take and own that. You have to, you know, God says, like in that verse that you shared, like I, you called me, you forgave me, you redeemed me. Like that is how God starts to write that song in your mind by taking those truths and putting them in. Like, you know, God's word says that if you, you know, your mind when it's free is full of, you know, the peace and truth and you have to take that and really own it. So yeah, I was thinking this idea um, we talked about earlier, but um, that God loves us. You know, we, we sometimes forget the cross, you know, that Romans 5, 8, that God loves us deeply. And so if you're here this morning, if you get anything out of the message, that God loves you deeply. It says that God shows love towards us and yet sinners, Christ died for us. God loved you so much that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross and you don't have to earn that. There's nothing you did to deserve it. There's nothing you can do to earn it. There's nothing you can do for God to love you less or love you more. That God's grace is abundant and it's here for you today. And you don't have to prove something to somebody. And when you feel like a failure, guess what? You're not because you're victorious because of Jesus on the cross. He defined your life. He's speaking words in you to lift you up. Sometimes we're our own worst enemy. And we think of the critic and we think of the worst and we run the worst places. But I'm telling you, man, it's not about us. It's not about us being good enough. It's not about us feeling like we're not good enough. It's about Jesus, amen? And so he's gonna change from the inside out this morning. And you can accept that song when you come into yourself and realize, hey, I don't have to be qualified. God will qualify me. I'm committing to Jesus and it's his grace I live by. And so this morning, I think that's how you write the song in your life. I'm gonna share this one verse and, and we'll wrap it up. But 2 Timothy 1, 7 says this. It says, for God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. God didn't give us a spirit of fear. If you got fear in your life, it didn't come from Jesus, amen? That, that spirit is the spirit of the world. That's the spirit of Satan. That's the spirit of the flesh. But the spirit of God is of power, man. You have the spirit of power in your life. You can say no to sin. You can say, hey, you know what, Satan? My daddy says. Like, I don't have to live by that. I know my brother, my brother said this. My mom said that. Or this dramatic thing happened in my life. Or the, my boss passed me up. Hey, you know what? No, no big deal. God's got it. He's known me for a purpose. And I'm going to be grown in this season. God's preparing me for something great and it's his grace that sustains me. And so I have power over fear. I love you said last week in Proverbs 31 that we can look into the future and laugh without fear. Amen. Because we know whose we are. And so I want to encourage you to, to follow God's grace. Give it for Diane. Just uh, interviewing today. Come on now. Give it up for her. Amazing job. I'm just going to wrap up this morning, but man, you are God's masterpiece. You are God's masterpiece. I hope you leave here knowing that 
Man, you're gonna struggle with it. I struggle with it every single day. But man, we're gonna take thought, take every thought captive for the cause of Christ. We know whose we are. Jesus died for us. He knows our name. You can't earn God's love. You can't be good enough for God because He's not looking for you to be good enough. It's His grace that saved you. You're not saved by your good works. You're saved for good works. Amen. And so God wants us to live in His grace and embrace the day. And you can leave here with a new song in your heart. If you can, pray with me this morning. Father God, we come before you. God, thank you that we are your masterpiece. God, I pray you do a healing work in our hearts today. God, that we be challenged to live for you from the inside out. God, do something in our life. God, we know whose we are. We know that we are your masterpiece. As I pray today, that those of you that say, I believe God's speaking to me. I've struggled with feeling less than, maybe didn't feel worthy. I didn't feel good enough. Man, sometimes I feel like I'm not who I need to be. But today I realize I'm God's masterpiece. I believe today I am enough. I'm in the struggle, I'm in a battle, but you know what, I'm enough. And if that's you this morning, you just raise your hands high and say, I am enough this morning. I got hands up all across the room. I'm enough for Jesus. I wanna pray for you. Father, there's so many people in our house, God, that are struggling. God, they need to see you, God. They need to trust in your grace. God, thank you so much that you sent your spirit that's a spirit of power and of love and a sound mind. God, you can give us a spirit of confusion or a spirit of fear, but a spirit of peace. And so, God, I pray that we remember that we're fearfully and wonderfully made, that the first thing the eyes of man looked into was the face of God. We don't have to be somebody else. We don't have to look for somebody else to find validation. God, we don't have to live up to anybody else's standards because we know whose we are, that we are loved, that we're created, that we're made, that we're formed, that you have set us on a purpose. There's a mission you're preparing us for in this season, God, that's not about us. It's all about you, God. Pray that we'd add value to others around us. God, we'd see the masterpiece in others and we'd lift them up. God, that we changed the inside out this morning. As we keep praying today, there are those across the room that many of you begin to realize you're living a life that's far away from God. Maybe there's areas in your life you've been ashamed of. Maybe there's people in the past that have hurt you. You carry those scars. Or maybe you've hurt other people. But I've got good news. You don't have to be good enough for God this morning because it is absolutely impossible because Jesus loves you in this moment just the way you are because you are God's masterpiece. God sent his son Jesus no matter what you've done. Jesus loves you and he carried your sin on his cross and took your scars and your sin. We didn't earn it and we don't deserve it, but by his scars, we are healed. He wants a relationship with you. And this morning, you're not here on an accident. He wants to give you full access to his forgiveness and grace. I mean, the Bible says that anyone that calls on the name of Jesus will be saved. That includes you, includes me, that we've forgiven and made new and set free from our sin. You're not here on accident. God brought you here. Why? Because he's reaching into your life. He wants you to say yes to his unlimited grace. He wants to say yes, I'm gonna be brand new. For those who say yes to Jesus, he'll forgive your sin and make you new today. So maybe you say yes to Jesus across this room. Yes to forgiveness, yes to his grace. Today, if you say, I need Jesus, and that's you, would you lift your hands high across this room and say, I need Jesus in this house. Like that, I see your hand over here. Anybody else say, I need Jesus? Be made new this morning. Let's pray this prayer if that's you this morning. Father God, thank you so much for sending your son Jesus down across my sin. God, I'm living in the struggle, but I know you've already won the battle. I'm victorious because of you. I have a heavenly Father that loves me. God, thank you for what you've done in my life. You can have mine. I will serve you with it. Not just with my lips, not just with my actions, God, but all my heart. God, you can have it today. And I praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, would you give it up for those who came to Christ?